down to the final two games of the Pittsburgh Penguins regular season. 80 out of 82 games have been played. The Penguins still do not know who they are going to play in the first round of the playoffs. It's looking more likely that's going to be one of the Rangers or the Panthers at this point with the Bruins now two points ahead of them for at least the first wildcard. The Penguins are to be bumped out of that. Um, the Bruins, um, I believe, would have the tiebreaker of the Penguins. There we have a full episode to talk about both of the games from this week in the win against Detroit and the loss against Philadelphia coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the, to the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online where the game starts. Um, I do not have the puppy for this one. He's not whining either. He's actually. Um, sleeping. If anyone, if anyone's watching on YouTube, there he is right there. He's sleeping right under the table. Um, he is just out. He's had a long day playing with his sister who is in the other room right now. Uh, Penguins seven to two win over the Red Wings. They come into Sunday's game against Philadelphia Flyers and they lay an egg. And I guess we'll start there. You know, Flyers four, Penguins one, the pitchforks are all out. How could the Penguins play like this with so much line you know it's an unacceptable effort all this stuff and you know i i, I definitely hear you know where, where a lot of you all are coming from I, I did not like how the penguins played in that game you know i think at the end of the day i mean it doesn't really you know matter too much and but you know it still would have been nice to get that win because they would be three points up on the capitals right now and basically would assure themselves almost of third place unless the Penguins would have just fully collapsed in those final two games at home. Washington would have to um, win their last three games and then get some help. Though the Penguins, you know, they can, they still control their own destiny. Um, if they win their, actually, I, 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 I should, um, should clarify here. The Penguins do win their last two games. The Capitals would have to win all three of their last three games to pass the Penguins. Uh, they would be up by one point. So if the, if the Capitals, <clears throat> excuse me, drop any point, along the way, or points, um, it makes it that much more easier for the Penguins to clinch uh, the number three spot in the Metropolitan Division, in which you know would be um, a matchup with the New York Rangers. The Hurricanes are four points up on the Rangers right now. <clears throat> and I know they have um, the Rangers have a game in hand on them, and they play them on Tuesday. But, you know, it's still looking like Carolina is going to get that number one spot in the Metro. But, you know, again, going back to that game against the Flyers, um, <clears throat> you know, I think you could tell right from the opening puck drop that the Penguins did not have it. Um, they did not seem interested in even playing that game. Um, it honestly looked like they, you know, were hungover just from a, a partying the night before or something. It was almost like, you know, college kids waking up the next day after a massive party and then saying like, oh, we have to do this today. I guess we're just going to give, you know, a half-assed kind of effort. You know, I think the Penguins kind of walked in there saying, oh, you know, it's the Flyers. They're kind of tanking. You know, maybe if we give this little not 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 that big of an effort, we can still we can still skate away with the win, right? 
Well, obviously that didn't happen. The Flyers, you know, credit to them. They, they, they played well. Uh, Noah Cates, a player who I had no idea existed before this last week, had two of their goals. Uh, I'm sure he's going to, you know, potentially make the team next year. Um, and, you know, Martin Jones, of all people in net, because Carter Hart was out for the rest of the season, he channels his inner 2016 uh, with the San Jose Sharks, and he, you know, plays his butt off, and he only allows one goal. Of course, Sidney Crosby had to, to get his obligatory goal against the Flyers. Um, but, you know, just d- defensively, not good enough, I think, from the Penguins. Um, two of the three Flyers goals before the fourth one, which was an empty netter, um, you know, two – Noah Cates standing right in front of Louis Domingue, no one around him. I'm like, that. that is that is unacceptable to the highest degree. What are the Penguins going to do if Patrick Hornquist is in that spot? I mean, he's one of the still one of the best net front, net front presences in the league. What are they going to do if Chris Kreider is in that spot? A 50-goal scorer who has just transformed his game this season. If you can't stop Noah Cates, who was an AHL player before this past week and who scored two goals off of deflections, how are you going to stop those two players if you play one of those two teams in the playoffs? I think it's a very valid question uh, for me to be asking right now. Um, it's just, you know, the net, the net the net front defense is not good right now, and it needs to change. You know, one of them, I, the, the second one, the Cates one, Ruido and Dumoulin are not even near Cates, and he's able to easily deflect that pass to Ming. I mean, you know, they left him out to dry. I, I thought Deming made a couple of really great saves in that game. I thought he had a really nice uh, second game of the season. Obviously, his first one was the win in San Jose. Um, he did all he could to keep the Penguins in the game. But when you're not playing good defense in front of your goalie, I mean, there's, there's only so much he can do. No goaltender is going to stop those two deflections. They were perfectly placed. Um right into the net. Um, and you know, that, 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 that's what happens. Um, and you know, for the, the power play goal, the penguins are letting a power play that has a 12% accuracy this year score on them. And that, and the penguins obviously have one of the best penalty kills in the league. That's unacceptable. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get back into the game. It's, it's two, nothing at that time. You know, you still have a chance to potentially, you know, get within one. And then, you know, remember we saw the last time these two teams played in Pittsburgh, the penguins were down four to two. With about nine, eight minutes left, Penguins score one, four, three. Boom, Chadwick Wheel scores just about 30 seconds later, four, four. The Penguins are able to win the game um, in overtime. So, you know, there was still a chance for the Penguins to come back in this one, but they they, just, they couldn't give up a goal at that moment. But, you know, sure enough, they did. And uh, the game was over um, basically right there. Um, just, you know, too, too many bad habits that are still coming up for my liking. Um, I, I like I liked the process in the in the Detroit game. You know, outside of the first ten minutes, at least the Penguins just kind of toyed with them. I'm going to get to that game a little later on in this episode. Um, but you know, I just you know n- n- there was just not enough there. And again, you know, I, I'm not going to crush the team too much just because the Penguins have played very well against non-playoff teams this year. I saw a stat that you know that was only um, their second or third regulation loss to a non-playoff team this year. You know, that, that that's how good the Penguins have been against the worst teams in the league. You know, they've been able to take care of business in most of the games against the bad teams. You know, obviously, you know, they weren't able to do it in this one and take advantage of a team that's basically openly tanking at this point. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not really going to kill them too much for it. I'm more interested to see how is the bounce back going to be on Tuesday when a red-hot Edmonton Oilers team comes into town. Um, you know, it's always must-watch TV when Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby play against each other. It's going to be on ESPN 
And again, you know, the Oilers, their underlying numbers are a lot better right now um, than where than where they were earlier in the season when Dave Tippett was still their head coach. Jay Woodcroft has done a really nice job with them to say the least. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, truly hit the panic button here. Yes, it's an annoying loss. Yes, I understand they lost to basically a JV slash freshman level Philadelphia Flyers team. But, you know, that's what happens. You know, it's a back, you know, I'm trying not to make all these excuses that it's a road back to back. And, you know, the team was super tired, which, you know, they just had a four day break. So I don't really buy that. At the end of the day, it just, they didn't really seem like they were too interested in playing it. But, you know, there's still two more games here. Both of them are at home. One of them is, is still a division rival in the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Penguins. They control their own destiny here. If they win out, um, plus, you know, the Capitals drop a point along the way, you know, they'll get third place. In the Metro, you know, Washington is potentially going to be down Alex Ovechkin for these next three games. He's listed as day to day um, with a upper body injury. So those are all my thoughts, mainly on the Flyers Penguins matchup. There's there's really just not much else to talk about um, with that one. Just a very boring game, low event hockey. Um, Two teams, again, that really just did not look interested in even playing. Again, credit to the Flyers. they, they played a better game than the Penguins, and you know they Pittsburgh deserved their loss. I will say that. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to go over the game against Detroit and things I liked about that game. Before we get to that, though, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that is bet online where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Penguins, they gave the Red Wings another beatdown. Uh, they've outscored uh, Detroit 18 to 4. These last two games, uh, just total domination again by the Penguins against that team. Thomas Grice, um, you know, I, I love seeing that guy lit up for multiple reasons, you know, a couple of which I'm not going to repeat on the show. If you want to look those up, um, do so on your free time. I'm not going to turn this podcast into a freaking, you know, political thing or, or, or whatever. But, um, and uh, the one, the main reason, though, I do like seeing Thomas Grice lit up outside of the other stuff. Back in 2014-15, after he left the Penguins, he called PBG Paints Arena a library. He said, it's not a loud arena. You can't really hear anything. And, you know, the Penguins went on to win the Stanley Cup those next two years. So I hope he's feeling good about himself for that comment. But, you know, that, again, those first 10 minutes didn't really like how the Penguins were playing. They looked a bit sloppy. Detroit was getting some chances. After that, though, uh, the Penguins just took it to them. Um, you know, they, they go up one, nothing. And then two, two, nothing. The Red Wings come back to tie with a couple of sloppy plays by the Penguins. And then Pittsburgh scores five unanswered goals. Um, Ricard Raquel continues to be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he is tormenting every team he plays at this point. What a fit he has been with Sidney Crosby and Jake. And I saw this tweet on social media for those that are on it. You know, someone was asking, you know, is this the best pickup the Penguins have had at the deadline in the Sid Gino era so far? And, Honestly, outside of Marion Hosa from 2008, I would have to agree. Um, he has already impacted their game so much. Um, a lot of people, I think, already want to re-sign him. I think if Brian Russ does walk, and there is a good chance um, that he does, and I'll have more on Brian Russ coming up a little later on for this episode, um, I would definitely be down to extend Raquel. 
Um, he's just he's on another level right now. The goal that he scored against the Red Wings, where he was just knifing through guys, um, just goes right to the left, beautiful puck control, is able to flip it past Grice. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Um, I'm sure a lot of people had to change their pants um, after that goal, but you know, him, Jake, and Sid, it's, it's almost just a cheat code. Um, I, I think at this point, you know, Sid, you know, he was able to score in that game as well. Chris Letang had another fantastic game. He's up to 67 total points. Now he's tied his career high. He's three away from 70 points. Just, just take a moment, pause and think about that for a second. The guy is 35 years old. Happy birthday, by the way, Chris. And he's having one of the best seasons of his career. It is past time to open up contract discussions with him and to sign him to an extension here. You know, over the weekend, I had so many people come into my mentions on social media and say, it doesn't make sense. You know, the the term is going to be too much. The AAV is going to be too much. And, you know, even if he is signed to a four or five year, you know, term, you can probably still get two and a half to three elite years out of that before the contract starts to be bad. And then you can figure out what to do, you know, after that. The team is going to be bad probably in those last couple of years anyway. So um, I am still very much on board with extending Chris Letang. They have no one on this team that can do what he does. Until someone can show me who on this team can eat the minutes that he does, play as well defensively as he does, play as well in the offensive zone as he does, and carry the puck like he can, I I don't want to hear it. You know, people are going to shout from the rooftops to to sign John Klingberg and all this stuff. I would much rather pay Chris Tang for a few years than sign John Klingberg to that massive contract that he's going to ask for. That's that's how I see it. You know, outside of that, you're also not even guaranteed to get him, and there's no one else on the market that even lives up to John Klingberg or Chris Tang. So you would probably have to trade for someone, and even then, um, you know, these these kind of players just don't, just don't grow on trees, to say the least. So uh, I just, you know, I, I don't care for it, to say the least. Evgeny Malkin, he had two goals. In his return, you know, I've, you know, all the people, some of the, the, the anti-Malkin people are still somehow popping up. You know, his, his 5v5 play has dipped down. And, you know, it, it's funny that people say that because he has more goals at 5v5 this year than he does on the power play. I, I'm not going to stop beating that drum. You know, I had, you know, some of, you know, the, the super geniuses, Sims, come into my mentions and, you know, try to say just a bunch of garbage. And, you know, I just, I don't listen to those people because, you know, again, they get their information from him and, you know, you know, that whatever, um, you know, Gino had a great, uh, well, I should say that was not a great power play goal. The call on Evgeny Malkin's goal, the first one was probably one of the worst calls I think I've ever seen for as long as I have been watching the sport. Um, for those that really know me or for those that don't, I mean, I've been watching the sport since I was around five or six. I have never seen a goal like that stand when a whistle was obviously blown before the puck went into the net. And my question for everyone is this, how are you going to count that as a goal? But the game against Nashville game six, you call the intent to blow whistle and the puck still went in the net because that's exactly what this is. How are you going to call it one way, but then you're not going to call it. You're not, you're going to call it another. I just, I think the NHL makes up as they go along. Um, Red Wings fans have every you know right to feel pissed off about that. Again, there's no conspiracy or any any of that nonsense. It's just the NHL officials flat out stink. 
Um, and remember, you know, throw back to when Gary Bettman said that this league has the best officials in the world. They, they certainly do not, <laughs> to, to say the least there. Um, and then for Evgeny Malkin's second goal, that was a, a total FU goal. Just a beautiful slapper from the left side of the ring to get, you know, his 19th of the year. The fact that he's almost at 20 goals and he's played for basically a half a season um, at this point. I mean, it goes to show how good of a player he still is. I mean, for those that continue to hate on this guy, that is a 42-goal, 84-point pace for what he is on right now. I mean, at the end of the day, if people are really wanting more out of Malkin at this point, when he's still a point-per-game player, even if it's only for a half a season, go touch grass or something. I mean, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to be someone to sit here and bash one of the all-time greats in franchise history just because, oh, his five-on-five play has dipped a little bit as he's now 35 years old. Of course his play is going to dip a little bit as he gets older. But you know what? This team is still a hell of a lot better with him on the ice compared to when they're not on the ice. He's won a con Smythe. He was amazing in the 2016 and 2017 playoffs. He was a point-per-game player on one freaking knee last year against the New York Islanders. He's also tied for the most game-winning goals in franchise history. Just miss me with any of this anti-Geno nonsense. I don't want to hear it. It's just... You know, there's so many people in this fan base that you know they're, they're taking him for granted, and they are going to miss him when this team inevitably sucks. That's that's my little mini of Guinea Malkin rant. I'm tired of seeing it, um, and you know I'm tired of these people just not bothering to fact check the super geniuses um, things that he puts out because you know it's just none of what he says with that matter um, is true. He doesn't ruin the structure. They don't play, you know, more disciplined with him not on the ice compared to when he's on the ice. I mean, sure, you know, he takes a penalty every now and then, and sure, he commits maybe a turnover a game, but most of those turnovers don't even result in the puck being in the back of the net. So, you know, I'm just, I'm not really here for that kind of stuff, at least for me. Chad Weedle, he got his fourth goal of the year against the Red Wings, and, you know, I think it's past time that people start, you know, really looking at how good he's been. This year, you know, he has more goals this season than Marcus Pedersen on the blue line, John Marino, and Brian Dumoulin. Um, he also base, makes basically league minimum money. Um, and for the value that he has brought to this team, both offensively and defensively, you're not going to get much better from a number six defenseman. So really loved his game this year. Um, you know, he had a little bit of a rough stretch, I think, for a couple of weeks about a month ago. But since then, um, he's been rock solid. You know, he's not in danger of coming out of the lineup, uh, nor should he be in danger. Of coming out of, out of the lineup, already touched on Ricard Raquel's goal. Sidney Crosby, of course, getting on the score sheet. You know, another thirty goal season. The fact that he continues to put together these kind of seasons is absolutely ridiculous. Danton Heinen, he has eighteen goals now, um, two away from twenty goals. Um, if you would have told me with two games to go in the season that Danton Heinen would be almost a twenty goal scorer this year, um, I, I kind of would have thought that you'd be joking. You know, I, I knew he would score at least ten. You know, maybe 15. I didn't think he'd be almost at 20, um, to say the least. And, you know, that was a really nice goal that he had against the Red Wings. And, you know, also shout out to Casey DeSmith. Um, that's another really solid start um, from him. He got 920 save percentage, the two goals that he allowed. I'm not really going to kill him for, especially the Verona one. That was just a beautiful release um, from the right side of the ice. Um, but, you know, he made a couple of very timely saves 
when that game was 2-1, 2-2. Heck, you know, the, the Red Wings easily could have taken the lead off of that Michael Rasmussen uh, chance when it was 2-2. But the Penguins were able to go back down the other way a couple minutes later, make it 3-2. And then, you know, from then on, um, it was all Penguins after that. So that was a nice win. The Penguins, again, they just, they toyed with Detroit. You know, I think for the most part lately, you know, this this break has been much needed. For them, you know, going into that game against Philadelphia, they had won four of their last six games. It's still four of their last seven. So, you know, things are starting to turn around a little bit. But, you know, let, let's see how they do for these last two games at home, the first of which will be against the Edmonton Oilers, which I will be previewing um, coming up in the next segment. So that nice win against the Red Wings. I know they followed up with a dud. But, you know, to see them score, you know, seven against that team again, and I know Detroit's not that good, um, is it's still pretty cool, um, to say the least. Again, coming up in the next segment, I'm going to preview the game against the Edmonton Oilers and why, you know, that these kind of games, it's just, it's must-watch it's must watch hockey. Um, but before I get to that, have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Bill Bar's are covered in 100% real chocolate, and yes, the Puffs are included with that. They're low-calorie and high-protein. You can place your candy bars with those as well. Heck, they're also even better than candy bars. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Some of my favorite flavors, again, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, now a big game coming up here on Tuesday. The Edmonton Oilers, the resurgent Edmonton Oilers, I should say, are coming to town. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, they, they again, they, they've been playing much better. Um, this was a team that looked like they were left for dead under Dave Tippett, they made the coaching change. They were out of the playoff spot since then, though. They've gotten rock-solid goaltending. Connor McDavid has done his thing. Leon Dreisaitl's done his thing. And they've also gotten some timely depth scoring from some of their other players to push them back into the playoffs. They clinched their playoff. Or it looks like they're going to be playing the Los Angeles Kings in the first round. And, you know, for as much as we like to rag on the Oilers for getting it, I think, wrong in a lot of areas to surround Connor McDavid, um, they should be the favorite in that series against LA. If, if they cannot beat the Kings, especially without Drew Doughty, um, there's something deeper. Uh, there, there are deep, deeper problems there, to say the least. Mike Smith has saved four goals above expected this year. That's 24th overall um, among goaltenders. Um, it's, it's a save percentage on um, on unblocked shots, 946. His overall save percentage this year, 913, 2.88 goals against average. So, you know, the, the numbers before that, though, I mean, it was below 900, uh, to say the least. Um, their, their underlying numbers-wise, the Oilers control 52% of the expected goals, 51% of the actual goals, 50, almost 53% of the shot attempts. They have a plus-seven goal differential. Um, looking at some of the more um, numbers here, if I can find that here uh, real quick. Well, overall, team goaltending save percentage, 914. Koskin has also been a bit better. As of late, 2.75 goals for per 60, 2.23 goals against per 60. So they, you know, they've also tightened up a bit defensively. Um, to you know, old friend Cody CC will be making his return um to Pittsburgh. And I can't believe he still signed that massive contract 
um, in Edmonton. You know, the Oilers coming off that 5-2 loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets on Sunday, you know, they did not look good in that game to say the least. I believe it was Koskinen that started that game. I would like to think that Mike Smith will get the game on Tuesday. Uh, Connor McDavid and Yamoto on the top line with Evander Kane. Yes, in case you all forgot, uh, the stain that is Evander Kane, uh, no rhyme intended there, um, is going to be in the lineup. Um, do with that information with you will. Leon Dreisaitl on the second line with Zach Hyman. Warren Fogel on the third line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Zach Cassie on the fourth line with Devin Shore and Derek Broussard. Chris Russell, Cody Cece is their top pairing. No, I am not joking. That is 100% their top pairing right now. Duncan Keith is on the second pairing with Evan Bouchard. And then Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry on, the, on their third pairing. Um, obviously, you know, the big guns to watch out for, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they are having two ridiculous seasons, as they always do. Um, it is a shame that they have just kind of wasted those two at this point just because they can't really build a competitive team around them. Um, if it weren't for those two players, that team is a lottery team, <laughs> as, as to say the least. Um, the Oilers, they beat the Penguins the last time these two teams played. This was very early in the season when the Penguins were definitely struggling. They had a lot of injuries. The COVID situation was really bugging the team, I think, at that point. But, you know, this is, I think, going to be a much different game. Um, you know, I, I, I like the Penguins' chances in this one. I, I don't, I still, I know Mike Smith has been better as of late, but, you know, he's still prone to giving up some shaky goals. So if the Penguins can get to him a little bit, frustrate him in that, you know, get to his blue paint because, you know, he's definitely prone to uh, getting very mad online, as I like to say, at some of the other players. Um, I think that can definitely go in the, in the Penguins' favor, you know, for getting him off his game a little bit. Again, you know, the Oilers, even though they're playing a little bit, de- bit defensive, a little bit better defensively as of late, I still think this is, you know, a defensive unit that, you know, can be exposed, especially against the good teams. I mean, the Blue Jackets just, just put five up on them. And, you know, the Jackets are not known for being a good offensive team to say the least. Um, you know, again, got a four check hard. Vibe check's going to be important. And I'm curious to see who are the Penguins going to put out there against the McDavid line. You know, with him and, and Dreisaitl on separate lines, the Penguins are going to have to be pretty careful uh, with who they deploy against who. I would assume that Latang will go out against McDavid. And maybe they'll do Pedersen Marino against Dreisaitl. But, you know, maybe that's flipped. You know, I, I'm sure forwards-wise, um, Sullivan will have no problem matching Sid versus McDavid head-on, where they, you know, they can maybe cancel each other out. But um, I also will say that, you know, good luck to the Oilers' top line slowing down that Gensel crosby Raquel line because um, they are averaging almost three to four goals per hour at this point uh, when they're on the ring. The expected goals for percentage is well over 60%. Uh, shot attempts, scoring chances, high danger. It's it, it's all up there uh, for that line. So, um, and then I think the Penguins could potentially lie on, you know, rely on the other three lines, you know, for their depth because, you know, I do like the Penguins' depth over the Oilers' um, that's for sure. Again, you know, always seeing Crosby and McDavid go at it is so much fun. Um, these two are only going to go at it so many times, so many more times. So if you have an opportunity and you live in Pittsburgh and you, and you listen to this show, I would definitely look to see how the tickets cost. And if you're free that night, go to the game. You know, there's there's not too many home games left, I don't think, for this team. Um, overall, playoffs included, you know, I'm not really sure how deep they're going to go. Um, in the playoffs and, you know, especially for a game like this where two of the best players in the world go at it. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like a master versus an apprentice kind of thing, just because, you know, they're, they're, they're two clones of each other. You know, the production from, you know, their first four to five seasons in the league is identical. You know, I saw this stat from Bob Safran. Um, McDavid, I think only has 14 more points than Sid did. Um, 
at this time. So can't wait to see how that plays out. Game will be telecast on ESPN. So I don't think it's going to be on um, AT&T Sports Night in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a national game. Though the last game of the regular season against the Blue Jackets will be a regular uh, regular game that's uh, broadcast in Pittsburgh. So that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I'll have another full game recap coming up for you all on Tuesday. And then we'll have more episodes as the week goes on. Friday, I think I'm going to bring Taylor Haas on from DK Pittsburgh Sports for the first time. We're going to chat all about the season as a whole. Uh, playoff matchup if it is known at that point and so much more so looking forward to that looking forward to another week of bringing you all some great content um thank you all so much for listening again week away from the stanley cup playoffs everyone i am absolutely amped hopefully the penguins can you know maybe surprise some of us and go on a deep run here um and you know, the penguins will have a chance to get back in the win column on tuesday against the oilers so we'll see what happens with that game and i'll talk to you all on tuesday evening